Welcome back to the nonsense. Welcome back to the pod. I hope you all are doing well, staying safe, and I hope those that are in need of your thoughts and prayers are actually in your thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers is just one of those phrases that uh, people just say it because it's trending on Twitter and they don't actually mean it. You know, they, they just say it for themselves. You know, it's like a, a status symbol. You know, all of this thing going on in the world is actually on my mind when in reality it's not. It is in the moment and then you move on to the next thing, the, uh, the next shiny thing that you see and you move on with your life. But I hope those that are actually in need of your thoughts and prayers are actually on your mind. You know, uh, there's a lot going on in the world, uh, especially, you know, with the pandemic, with everything that's going on in Haiti and Afghanistan right now. You know, everything in the news is very bleak right now. And I, I hope you don't let that be like your excuse as to not know what's going on in the world around you. You know, I, I'm, I've always said, I got to know what's going on in the world, you know, because uh, a lot of this actually affects and impacts me. So I have to know what's going on, you know, but I also can't understand those that try to stay away from it. But I would say at least try to have a, a base understanding of what is going on in the world, you know, because uh, we all share this world and it's, it's not all about you. You know, so like I said, my thoughts and prayers are with the victims and survivors in Haiti as well as in Afghanistan. And, you know, I'm not about to go down this whole political uh, rabbit hole as far as, you know, like uh, Biden's, in the words of Douglas from uh, from the D-List podcast, uh, do check out that podcast, check out my homie's podcast. But uh, he says, Joseph Biden, uh, I'm not going to get into Joseph Biden's speech, you know, but I'm of two minds. I understand why we're pulling out, but at the same time, it, it's very much like turning the other cheek like this. What's going on in Afghanistan as far as the Taliban taking control and, you know, stripping rights and taking lives and, you know, the those in Afghanistan are fleeing and, you know, it is very dark and it's very scary, but as far as like America always being that country that steps into everybody else's business, now, now is the time to turn the other cheek. You know, like I said, I'm of two minds, you know, but with all that being said, I hope you all are doing well this week. And like I said in the previous episode, I hope you all are staying hydrated because uh, I just heard uh, in like 10 years, it's going to be unbearable outside. Like, with every year, the exaggerated climate is getting worse and worse every single year. Like I, I, I was joking about it earlier, you know, in an earlier episode about how there's a heat advisory wherever you are, and there actually is. So yeah, hope you all are staying hydrated. But uh, this past week, uh, a lot has been going on. Uh, this past week, I actually. I'm sure you saw it because I, I definitely saw it uh, as soon as it came out. It was something that I was very interested in and, and definitely wanted to see as soon as it came out. And I did. But Netflix released the doc of Malice at the Palace. A lot of you may know about uh, the Malice at the Palace, uh, the brawl between the uh, Pacers and the Pistons back in 2004. You know, it, it was just this massive brawl uh, that was... 100% started by the fans. The doc finally came out, and I believe it was produced by Jermaine O'Neal. 
he he was on uh, the Breakfast. I think he was on the Breakfast Club and Hot Ninety Seven. Uh, well, Ebro in the morning. But um, if you have not seen the doc, uh, I, I highly recommend that you do see. It. And it's not like one of those things that it's there are any spoilers because it was a very you know highly publicized thing. But we've all seen you know the viral video of uh, the bra. You know we, we've all I believe have only seen that one uh, shot of the bra. Uh, where it started out with uh, Ron Artest and another player on, on the Pistons. I, I forget um, the name. I'm blanking on the name right now. But um, we, we've all seen, you know, it start from that. And then there's, you know, the teams try to break it up. And then Ron Artest lays down on the uh, on the desk. And then uh, you see he gets hit with a cup. And then he just jumps into the crowd and then starts swinging and then Everybody starts swinging, and then it's, it's just this huge bra, you know, with hundreds, if not thousands, of people and of players and fans, and uh, and you know, it, it was very chaotic. But we we all have only seen, you know, like that side of it, and you know, it was highly publicized. And in this doc in Malice at the Palace, uh, it's a deep dive into that. And if I'm not mistaken, I, I believe they released in this doc a lot of uh, clips that were, have never been released uh, until this documentary. And like, like I said, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend do you do watch it. Um, it it's out now. It's on Netflix. Um, I believe it came out. Uh, I believe it came out like midweek last week. Uh, but like I said, it, it's a deep dive and it, like it go, it breaks down the bra, but it also follows, you know, after, the brawl and like all the the aftermath of that brawl and how the the news made it out to be the the players' fault. They made it out to be Ron Artest's fault and, and you know that that kick up between the two teams and then it bloomed into something else. But the media, the news, they were making it making all the players and everyone involved out to be thugs and which is an actual word that they use and you know, obviously they use it, they use it today. If it is at all related to a black person. They use the word thug. That language is coming from those that really, like this is unrelated, but back the blue, but look at the blue. They're the, the they're the real thugs, you know, uh, by definition. But they made all the players out to be thugs and, and gangsters. They blamed it on uh, hip hop and they blamed it on our culture. When in reality, the whole thing, yeah, it started out as uh a kick up between the two teams and even I believe it was Jermaine O'Neal he said uh it might look that way like we're all fighting they're really all friends it, which is something that uh is said in the documentary you know but the source of the whole thing the whole you know blow up the brawl was the fans uh like I said uh, in the video you can see someone threw a cup at Ron Artest and Ron Artest reacted and he jumped into the stands and started fighting. But nowhere in the media do, did you see that it was the fans' fault. And we started to see a lot of this in the um, past NBA season uh, where they started to open up the the stands to the fans in, in the middle of this pandemic that we're all going through. And then everyone was just cooped up inside their house. And now no one knows how to act in public anymore. It's like everyone done lost their home training because everyone's been cooped up in the house for the past year plus. So we started to see a lot of fans, you know, spitting on players, throwing uh, cups at players and, and just 
being disrespectful and, and stepping out of line and, and not standing in their place as a fan, as, as a person that has the privilege to one, go to a, an NBA game when there shouldn't be any, you know, gatherings more than 10, you know, so, so it, it was a lot of fans exercising, you know, their entitlement, their privilege and, and crossing the line in many cases. But like I said, it, it, this was all started you know, the Malice of the Palace was really all started from a fan, uh, John Green. And one, when I saw um, how much time, because I remember like Malice of the Palace like back in 2004, but like I didn't, I, I don't even think I was necessarily following the NBA as seriously as, as I have in the past in that season. But I, I remember just, I've just always remember seeing that the video. And this doc revealed so much more that I didn't know. So when I saw John Green, the fan that threw the cup at Ron Artest, and one in the video, Ron, uh, he just jumped into the stands and just assumed that it was one person when it was really someone else. But when I saw John Green was only sentenced to 30 days and on an assault and battery charge and two years of probation, obviously privilege came to mind because just literally yesterday I was watching the um million dollars million dollars worth of game uh episode with a uh, little Duval that just came out uh, this past weekend and I don't know that well they were talking about being in jail and uh being in prison and Gilly asked Duval how long how, what was the longest time he spent in jail and Duval said he spent 11 days at the at the longest and he said that wasn't even like his time like to serve that like he, that he was in holding for 11 days so he was in holding for almost half of John Green's sentence when he was just in holding where John Green assault he he assaulted you know he had uh, you know assault and battery charges you know on an NBA player you know so obviously privilege comes to mind in, in situations like that, you know, and one just John Green's like whole uh, attitude towards the, you know, the whole situation was like privilege and entitlement, you know, but like these fans are like just far too entitled. Like uh, that's the same thing with any kind of fandom fans be, they feel as if they know you or like you're one, like I believe they hit it. They touched on that. In the documentary, it was either in the documentary or uh, Jermaine O'Neal's interview uh, on the, either the Breakfast Club or Hot 97. But he, he they, they discuss how these fans feel like these players are theirs. And when you won, it, it took place in Michigan, uh, in Detroit. And there aren't many black faces in those stands in Michigan. And that's the case in, in a lot of cases it being these black players performing for a mostly white audience, which harkens back to a lot of, you know, the, the stereotypes that come from slavery, you know, as far as like the Coonan and, and um, not necessarily say that these basketball players are, but as far as, like you know, like tap dancing. And, and, and even as far as like um, what Lauren Ingram, I believe, I believe it was Lauren Ingram said about LeBron James um, being vocal about, you know, uh, social injustices you know he's a basketball player but like he's very passionate 
and and is very vocal about social injustices in the black community. And last year, what she said about LeBron is shut up and dribble. So that whole attitude, you know, it's like ownership is like, we pay you these millions, multi-millions a year for you to perform for us. Like you're ours. Like it's this sense of ownership and entitlement that fans have. And that's not even just in, in basketball. That is in all fandoms. That's why like a lot of fandoms make me hate being a fan of the thing, you know? So like, even like as something as small as like Rick and Morty, like when the Szechuan sauce came out, like a lot of these people that like Rick and Morty just became rabid fans. Like, oh, there's this thing. I got to get it. It's mine. It belongs to me, you know? So it kind of like puts a bad taste of that thing, you know, Rick and Morty in your mouth, you know? So it's like you start to like lose that sting or that passion for that thing. And you start to, you know, distance yourself from it, you know, but going back to the documentary, I, I definitely feel for a lot of the players that felt that like, when Ron Artest left uh, the Pacers after the Malice at the Palace, uh, you know, after the brawl, a lot of players felt betrayed because Ron Artest left. And then he won a ring, you know, after that. So, like, I, I definitely feel, you know, like, I, I, I could definitely relate to, you know, the, the betrayal, the feeling of being betrayed by somebody that, what, like, initially was the start of the thing that, you know, changed so many people's careers and, um even like Jermaine O'Neal, I definitely felt for him. Like he, he felt um, like he, he's never going to get his flowers. Or like he, he never won a, a championship, you know, after all of his hard work. And he was, you know, one of the hardest working, you know, players in the league. And, he, you know, he dedicated himself to the, the, the game. And, you know, he, he never got his, you know, just due. Where Ron Test fled, you know, and he got a ring. So I definitely felt for a lot of, you know, the players involved. But like I said, I, I highly recommend checking out Malice at the Palace on Netflix. It, it's a good watch. It's like pretty quick. Like it flew by, you know. So like I, if you got an hour laying around, you know, I definitely recommend checking out Malice at the Palace. Hey, guys. So um, just checking in. Look, I've been kind of on the fence about this for a while. That's why I've never spoke on it. But with the amount of people that I know recently that, that have gotten COVID and with like the numbers rising, I think it's important for me to say like, I got the vaccine. I think everybody should. I think it's really important like that we all do this just as like citizens, as Americans, we have to look out for each other and get this shit under control guys. So like, I suggest to all my followers, you guys make set an appointment and get the vaccine first thing. Psych, bitch. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I never had COVID. You ain't sticking me with that motherfucking needle. It's the motherfucking flu. Get over it, okay? If you're sick, stay inside. I'm tired of having, okay? Why are we working around y'all? If y'all, uh, if you're in danger, stay your ass inside. I'm tired of wearing a motherfucking mask. But also last week in, in nonsense fashion, in Chet Hanks fashion, uh, there's a clip going around of Chet Hanks. Uh, I don't know exactly where he posted it. It may have been from his Instagram stories or or just a, a post on Instagram. But Chet Hanks did what Chet Hanks does. But if you don't know who Chet Hanks is, he is Tom Hanks's very outspoken B-Rad from Malibu's Most Wanted uh, rapping son. You know, he, he he's always, you know, like the center of controversy. 
you know, everything he does, whether he's talking in a Jamaican accent exclusively or he's, you know, with white boy summer and, and, you know, whatever it may be, he's going to find a way to be the center of controversy. And last week was no difference. Like he he, um, posted Instagram, you know, trolling COVID-19 as well as the vaccine and pretty much like made himself out to be an anti-masker, which one, there's a, a lot going on as far as like these titles. And if you're an anti-masker, like that, that title I get, but anti-vaxxer, like there's no room for ambiguity, you know, and there's no gray area. It's either you get this thing or you're an anti-vaxxer. There is no room for ambiguity. You know, it's black and white, you know, but for this to be coming from Chet Hanks is like very weird because his parents were the first two celebrities to catch COVID. His parents were like the, some of the first people anyone knew caught COVID. And he's he's out here, you know, trolling. Like he, that, that's all Shaq Hanks is. He's a troll. But he has a lot of people follow, watching him. And for him to like say something in 2021 that sounded exactly like something that people said in the very beginning of this pandemic in 2020. And while, yeah, the video is hilarious because it's Chet Hanks and like who takes Chet Hanks seriously but you have to realize like I say all the time you have a platform you have a responsibility and what he's doing in this video is very irresponsible um whether you believe in the vaccine or not whether you have gotten the vaccine or you haven't or if you're on the fence or whatever we do have to be very careful about the information and like how how the information is being delivered you know because there are millions of people that are watching and There are a lot of people that would take a joke seriously. Like I said, what he's saying in this video, like, wow, funny is hella irresponsible. And someone's going to take you seriously, you know, and that will be on you ultimately. But at the end of the day, is your body, it is your choice that pertains, you know, that phrase that, that pertains to abortion. But at the end of the day, is your body, is your choice. And you have to, you know, be responsible either way. You know, it's your body, it's your choice. Whatever decision you make, you have to live with those consequences. So don't let Chet Hanks or any other celebrity, and you know how I feel about celebrity, or any person in media sway you one way or the other. You have to make that decision for yourself. But you don't have to take Chet Hanks seriously. Like, he he's a troll, as well as Soulja Boy. Soulja Boy is a troll. But... Match made in heaven. <laughs> Soldier Boy literally just signed Chet Hanks to SODMG like yesterday. But like I said earlier, and like I've said before, like I've said many times, like I hate celebrity. I hate the fact that society cares far more, that we the people care far more about celebrities' problems than our own problems that we have to live with, we have to face every single day. You know, because these celebrities that you're idolizing, they won't save you. You know, like if your rent's due and you don't have it, they're not paying it. You know, so you have to focus on your own problems far more than you pay attention to celebrities' problems. And I've definitely said in the podcast before that I 100% believe that the media, that the society, that, you know, like obviously entertainment runs and controls everything pretty much it controls culture it, it controls like you know the group think so like i've said before 
I believe that is being manipulated. That it oftentimes, many times, like always, is being manipulated to control the group think. It is controlling how we as society, you know, like what we're paying attention to in the moment. You know, like there will be a big world event, like say protests. Like last year, there were these historical protests for, you know, Black Lives Matter. And then to distract us from that controversy, you know, with celebrities, whatever it may be, you know, like I believe like, yes, while what is going on with Britney Spears and what has always been going on with Britney Spears is wrong and is foul. And like, that's a very private and personal, you know, family matter which is none of our business. Yes, it is very, it's wrong what is going on. An adult should have control over what that adult does, you know, but at the exact same time, and like, while that is very messy and and like, I don't even know everything, but like what I do know about that situation because I'm not following it. You know, like I only know like bullet points because it's all that anyone is posting about it's all that anyone's ever talking about so when i get on twitter and i'm scrolling i learn about something i didn't care to know about or when i'm on youtube and i'm scrolling then i know that britney spears dad stepped down from the conservatorship when i've never looked for that information you know so because everybody's focusing on this it's a distraction from what is going on in the world because if we can have you focus on this. You won't know what's going on over here. You know, never let the left hand see what the right hand is doing. You know, so I absolutely believe that what is going on with Britney Spears is a distraction. You know, while it is a very real thing that is going on, not to, you know, take away from that. But there are far more serious things going on in the world that actually affect you and actually impact you. You know, like these media companies, they know exactly what they're doing. Like Disney is an incredibly smart company. They know exactly what they're doing. You know, they knew exactly what they were doing when they made Porgs and Baby Yoda. I guarantee you, Ryan Johnson did not come up with a Porg. Whichever department is coming up with these designs, you know, whatever department is coming up with these, these characters that they know audiences are going to react to a certain way and make that thing their idol, you know, until there's another one, you know, so it's the exact same thing. This thing has your attention. Let me distract you and get your attention from that and onto something else. So all I'm saying is don't fall for the distractions. Don't fall for the diversions because they don't want you to focus on what's actually important. Because if you knew what they don't want you to know, you would be a threat. Just look at what is going on or what was going on at the time of this diversion. You know, this big controversial event, whatever it may be, you know, look at what was going on around the time that Free Britney documentary came out. And you'll start to get to a point where you're aware that this is an important moment. And you can almost gauge exactly. You can time it out. Okay. And approximately, uh... Right now, there's going to be a distraction, whether it's a Kardashian or a Britney Spears or whoever it is, there's always going to be a diversion. They're always going to want to distract you from what is actually going on. 
is like the agent provocateurs, you know, in these protests or like the random pallets of bricks in the middle of a protest, a peaceful protest, because they want to control where this thing is going. They want to control the narrative and they want to distract you from what is actually going on. Because if there's a peaceful protest, we can't have them all uniting and being on the same accord. And, and, you know, so let's change that narrative and let's place a pallet of bricks in the middle of no construction at all. You know, so you just have to be aware of what is going on. You have to be aware of like the distractions. There are signs like you ask yourself, like, is this actually important? Because more than likely it's not. But if you don't take anything away from this week's episode, just be aware, you know, control your own narrative. Don't let anyone sway you one way or another against what you believe. Just always be aware of what's going on. While not everything is a conspiracy, there are still conspiracies. You know, there are still plots and plans. There are still intimidation texts. There are still, you know, strategies. But that's going to do it for this week's episode of This Is Nonsense. Hopefully it wasn't too controversial for you. Well, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at RobertDXN. And you can find This Is Nonsense wherever you listen to podcasts. I release new episodes every Thursday. So please rate, review, subscribe, and share. And also check out my other podcast, Sync and Desist. I release new episodes every Tuesday. So please check out that podcast as well. That's a double dose. And I'm not talking about Pfizer or Moderna. Uh, But thank you as always for stopping by and I will catch you in the next one. Take it easy.